0: My songs, oh, yeah. man. You fall asleep there oh, now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who was that? Uh,
1: Aaron Lewis. Wow. Uh, I've never heard that song. It was powerful. Uh, I was all in. I I liked what he was saying. I love the Bruce Springsteen line.
0: That's what always gets me. That's what always, you know. He came out with this song a couple of years ago. It was like, like during the peak of like the mask mandates and everything. Wow. That's when he came out with that song. Like, and like, that, that was, remember Bruce Springsteen came out and was saying all that shit? Arnold Schwarzenegger, fuck your freedom. The screw like, your freedom. That yeah,
1: that's right. And
0: that's why this song really hit when it came out.
1: Oh, man. Oh, never forget, people, we are just around the corner heading into 2024, and I was reading about a teacher shortage here in Colorado, and they opened up the article with a passage about how, you know, 2023 started off rough just because we were still at the tail end of the pandemic and the restrictions and all that stuff. And I, I went through a time warp in my head. I couldn't believe in my own mind that we were still doing COVID stuff this year. But we were. Yeah. Believe it or not, we were still debating about, like, teachers going back to school. Yeah, schools. That was this spring. Yes, that was this year. That's how <laughs> fresh the pandemic and the bullshit lockdowns are, man. I mean, this again, the official pandemic lifted in May.
0: That should scare everybody because we had an emergency that lasted two and a half years. Emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know if anybody knows what the definition of an emergency is. But it doesn't
1: last two and a half years. Man, when it comes to turning in one's grave, uh, George Orwell is spinning into dust currently because he. this is unreal what unfolded. Oh, uh, you
0: think so? I think he's sitting there with a smile on his face. He's finally resting at peace. Vindicated. Yes, you're right. <laughs> right all along. Good call, dude.
1: You know what I mean?
0: He's like, I told you, motherfuckers, it
1: was coming. It's crazy, too. Even, like... Think about like kids spying on the parents and the TVs watching us and us walking around with mini TVs watching us in our pockets all day long and we're staring at it all day long. I mean, we have we are in 1984. We welcomed it because we loved the convenience and, and the technology and we're so lazy now and we're so pathetic. And, and, and nobody's paid attention to what the Biden administration has done
0: over the last two years, three years. They've, they've signed us up for this insane World Health Organization treaty. Yes. we're now the WHO can decide, you Americans are locking down. That's right. You Americans are taking this vaccine. It, 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 we signed over our rights to world organizations. They have no, they're not elected.
1: They have nothing to do with America. You know what I mean? It's why they are hell-bent on taking the guns. When they get the guns, yes, that's the only way they can enforce these World Health Organization treatises and, and, you know, who cares now what the World Health Organization says, right? I don't ever take in anything from them and and don't care what they have to say or what their opinion is, but uh, you're right, man. If we were to forego and forgive our Second Amendment rights and give up our arms like they did in Australia, all of a sudden we'll have to be like Australia and listen to whatever the hell the who tells us to do.
0: And it's coming. They wouldn't be signing all these bills, all these treaties, all this, this, and that. If it wasn't coming again, they're just getting ready to that. They've, they learned from the pandemic on what the restrictions on power were. And they're, they're doing everything they can to get rid of those restrictions. So the next time they could fully enforce everybody to take the shots Everybody to stay home.
1: Yeah, and the shots, dude. I'm still. uh, You put me in a wild state of mind. Just discussing in the previous episode, you know, the fact that it's pretty much uh, agreed upon through, you know, with all the experts that the excess deaths will stop around 2030 because there'll be no more people to die because we have already. (laughs) injected all the people we needed to do. Uh, We talked about Bill Gates and the mosquitoes, and we played the clip of him talking about eradicating and eliminating certain groups of mosquitoes. He applied his mosquito extermination to humans. I'm telling you right now.
0: Yeah, it's looking more and more like that. And you, you, I've never forgot what you said a long time ago on this podcast, when you said, they would, ne- they would never release a deadly virus in case they got it. Right. And it's still true today. COVID was never a deadly virus. It was never considered a deadly virus. I still don't think it is
1: or ever was. I don't think there is a COVID. I'm so on that <laughs> hill, man. I have been for a long time. I don't think COVID ever existed. I think a mutated form of pneumonia struck a lot of these nursing homes, which happens every seven years. And I've seen information and data that implies that 2020 was kind of the you know the year that we would have a new form of pneumonia. And I think they jumped on board with that, dosed some people up with some new funky flu that they concocted in the lab and said, uh, oh, this is a pandemic, everyone lock it down. Maybe,
0: I don't know, because they had to test for something. I think, I mean, I think COVID is, I mean, COVID was a virus before. I think that's a real virus, but I just don't think it affects us.
1: It's just a cold, like all the other ones. I got to say, you are dominating the silence gaps. This is incredible. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Welcome to Deep Thought with Dude and Man. We're taking a time. It's not too deep, more high. Too high to be deep, you know? Oh, man. We're all doomed. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Well, no, apparently you
0: just have to live past 2030 and you're good.
1: I don't know. I've always said this in any apocalyptic scenario, which is why I don't have a doomsday cellar or some place where I can, you know, hide underground or anything like that. Uh, If that comet's coming or the big flood... Wash me away, baby. I had a good life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, let's burn it up. I, I'm done. Because um, I ain't sticking around to hang out with the creepos who had the money to hide underground. Because they're going to come out and they're going to boss us around like we've never been bossed around before.
0: I don't think they're going to survive. <laughs> I, I don't think those plans ever work. Well, there's a lot of... Especially for those kind of guys. You know what I mean? Like, Mark Zuckerberg's building a bunker. (laughs) I
1: saw that in Hawaii,
0: dude. Or Hawaii. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? But, dude, Mark Zuckerberg, how how many days are you ever consecutively in one spot? What are the chances you're not flying in your private jet when the asteroid hits? You know what I mean? What are the chances that you're going to be close enough to actually get to that bunker?
1: Yeah, and again, I I think I'm at the age where... I don't want to be a part of the rebuild, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I liked this ride that we've been on. You know, our society, I was born into it in the 80s. You know, like, I like it. This is good stuff. If any calamity or massive thing happens and we all are supposed to die, and something, fine. I, I, I don't want to hide in some hole and then come out on the other side and deal with whatever creatures survive with me.
0: No air conditioning, no deodorant. I mean,
1: you got to go back to that. I like filtered water. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I like it. Cold filtered water, man. I I just don't want to live in a world without it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't see why in a post-apocalyptic world you have to give up reverse osmosis. I can probably set something up for you.
1: I think you're right. Good call. I'll have to look into it. Maybe I don't know. I just uh, again, it's the people that are preparing to ride out whatever happens. And they probably know more than we do about what's coming. You know, some magnetic flip or uh, what's the Andre Dryas? What's that thing, um, you know, with the big, uh, the big flood, right? Or something happens. Well, when... that, that was the asteroid, right? The Andre well, Dryas? Yeah, well, there's theories that that happens every 10,000 years.
0: I See, I heard it was 6,000. There's like a 6,000-year cycle. All right. And uh, we're about to hit it.
1: That's not. um, That's not as great. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
0: in the Bible and everything.
1: And so maybe the elites know it's coming, and you know, I would. Maybe that's the Noah flood too, right? He gets the message from God, builds the boat. The asteroid comes, hits the ice cap, sends out the flood, rides the wave. Society uh, survives. Right.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I was just reading it. It's like this Jewish thing, the Talmud. It says that every that the world will last for six thousand years, as we know it, and supposedly every six thousand years is like a catastrophe, and then every twenty four thousand, it's like these cycles that happen. That's right. And, and, so, and I think we're like they were saying, twenty twenty seven or something is going to be the six thousand year.
1: Well, because I think. You know, you have to go off the Jewish calendar, too, and we're in, like, year 5,500-something 5, or whatever, I thought.
0: No, that's what they're saying. It's 5,998. Yeah. We we have, like, two more years. Wow. That's what they're saying. That's kind of freaky. We're, yeah. Man. Good thing those Jews are wrong. I believe in Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say... uh, Kudos to Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and all those bozos at the Bill Gates Foundation who are trying to kill us off by 2030.
0: (laughs) You guys missed your mark, losers. And the joke's on you, Jews. You predicted it, but if I know anything, it's not gonna be you in heaven.
1: (laughs) It's the Mormons, right? Isn't that how it works? It's gonna be me and my Christian brothers, right? (laughs) What do you mean? We're right. Oh man, I you know I don't know who's gonna be right or wrong, but I do know again that I ain't going in no bunker, and I'm not gonna hunker down with a bunch of people who wanna try and survive in the next world. Good luck, folks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm gonna watch the show. You know, I'm gonna might go. Might be I'm, better
0: though. It might be so much better than this world.
1: Go up on the roof, smoke a doobie, drop some acid, enjoy the ride, have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't try and uh, survive That sounds like. So agonizing.
0: Did you ever read
1: the story of Johnny Appleseed? I have actually. Like the actual story? Yes, I have. Uh, Michael Polane has a great book uh, where he does a deep dive on apples and um, he he talks about the actual Johnny Appleseed.
0: I think that's who I was reading the other day. Uh, Yeah. So for those that don't know, Johnny Appleseed was an actual guy. And apparently back then you couldn't really drink the water without getting sick so everybody drank hard cider.
1: That's right, man.
0: It was just fermented cider, kids. Everybody just they drank it because it was the safest thing to drink. Uh and so as they were like forming new towns and new cities moving west, his idea was to go ahead of the move and start uh orchards. And then he could sell the saplings to the new people moving in, right?
1: That's right, man.
0: Because apparently, back then, everybody grew apple trees because they would make their own cider. Yeah. Which is the thing he did. <clears throat> and you can make extra, sell so it, make a little money. But uh, what got me about the story is they said he realized quickly you, you can never tell which town was going to take off and which one wasn't. So... Every fall, he would just go to like multiple spots and build these orchards for the next <laughs> following years. Right. Yeah. And the craziest part about the story is that, like later in life, he was rich enough and he was making enough on some of these orchards that he didn't have to keep doing it. But every year, he would just pack up a canoe and go off into the woods with literally nothing in his pockets, <laughs> no shoes. He was very just live off the land kind of guy. And uh, I just thought it was crazy because they were saying it got to the point where he was just storing money places because he had no need for it. Wow. He had no need for possessions. He was all about He, he followed the philosophy of uh, Plato and this other guy. And they, he just really believed that like love, like just any kind of material possessions was bad and would hurt you and bring you down.
1: That's wild, and uh, I recall in the book that I read, maybe the same book, um, where he talks about imagining Johnny in his canoe, like, leaning back, you know, munching on an apple, just cruising down the creek or the river, you know, and and just getting place to place and how just peaceful, uh, you know, that would be, and just to have the time to just contemplate life and, you know, be on your way uh man that's heaven come on dude like people people used to know how to live we don't know how to live anymore
0: that's what got me about the story it was like the like the the, as he progressed in his career he had more and more money but the more money he got the more he just kind of refused the money and was doing it all for the lifestyle for the love of of the game man like he loved he just loved going out and being in the wilderness That's awesome. I think there's a lot to say about that, man. That's you know that's why. So maybe, you know, maybe this volcano in New Zealand goes off. We go into a year of darkness.
1: A lot of, you know, I don't know. Kill all the pussies. (laughs) A lot of chaos. Well, I tell you what. If things go bad, it's probably best to know how to grow some food and have some seeds on hand. Right? Dude, you know know what
0: I was thinking about though. You know who's really fucked if the world ends?
1: (laughs) Who's that? (laughs)
0: All you fucking morons that went out there and got veneers? Wow, and like fake teeth? Like, yeah, that's great, but how long does that last? Five, ten years before you gotta go get it fixed? Oh man. Dude, ten years after the uh you know, into the post-apocalyptic world, <laughs> you can see just nothing but people with stubs in their gums because their veneers fell off.
1: Oh, dude, the elites maybe aren't so prepared then as they think for the collapse of society, right? Imagine what Seth Meyers is going to look like two
0: years into the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: look how he looks now! I, I imagine some sort of representation of Chucky the doll, the murderous doll. <laughs> know, yeah, but even worse, man. Even yeah. Chucky had teeth. <laughs>
0: These guys are just going to have those weird nubs that they shaved down to put the veneers on.
1: Oh, man. I, uh... You're reminding me of a movie I finally watched that everybody, I guess, watched earlier in the year, but it's now free on HBO Max. I caught the Barbie movie. Did you watch the Barbie movie? I. I
0: fuck. I, ref, I refuse. I refuse. Okay, have well, you, Emma have, won- have, you, have <laughs> you just opened the app, HBO Max?
1: Yes. There's like nine different I know. categories, I know. not nine
0: movies. It's like I had to scroll down nine different categories. The Barbie movie, behind the scenes, why we did it, Margot Robbie.
1: <laughs> I like, dude, I, I, what? Um, I know Emma really wanted to check it out. We tossed it on Friday night, right? And uh, we got about 15 minutes in, and Emma fell asleep. So uh, Saturday afternoon, I believe, like evening, right? It was getting dark. We settled in, and uh, we're like, oh, let's finish the Barbie movie. And uh, we got about another 15 minutes in, and I turn, and Emma's like on her phone, like looking at TikTok. (laughs) And it's Saturday, and I could be like watching football or something, you know? So like, I'm like, do you want to watch this anymore? And she goes, nah. It's kind of boring. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of (laughs) of fucking boring. This movie is boring. Unwatchable, dude. Like, it's terrible. Why were people obsessed with this movie? I don't even understand how people paid money for this crap.
0: I think people are just dying. They're so hungry for a good movie.
1: You know what I mean? Dude, it's bad. they just lie to themselves. Holy cow. I mean, we're sitting here on the couch two days attempting this viewing and we both just shrugged our shoulders and said no thanks
0: yeah it's probably because barbie was meant for like little girls
1: no this movie is very much geared towards uh, an older woke audience uh and th- they were hamming up the woke there's no doubt about it and i'm not opposed to it i love watching anything As long as it's entertaining. I mean, I I struggled through the Doctor Strange uh, lesbian fiasco. And and it was, you know, I made it. I survived. But, I mean, it it, and it wasn't me either. Like, I was willing to go all the way. In fact, I was dying to see where the movie was going to take me and piss me off. I was very excited to talk about it on the show. But uh, Emma was out and, you know, they were doing NFL Saturday. And I love ripping on the nfl in real time as we watch it so i I had to go you know cut out barbie i don't get it dude it's like one of the highest grossing movies of the year well did you see the other movies (laughs) no (laughs) no that much better not
0: much better
1: well it was oppenheimer but nobody has three hours and 45 minutes to dedicate to that fucking movie dude And, like, we all know what happened. We studied this in high school, or at least we used to. I don't know what they go through now. Now they study, what, Drag Queen Story Hour, right? Yeah, in the
0: 1619 Project. Ibram X. Kendi.
1: Uh, the week, though, for me, I gotta say, kind of uh, cut away here from the Barbie talk, uh, was eventful. We, uh, I was cruising home on Monday, and I was making great time. And I don't know what I ran over. It, it might have been a carcass of some sort, uh, or a, a bad angle on the train track. I'm not sure, but I got like a massive hole in my tire. Like a huge puncture. Yeah, like a puncture. And I was just leaking air immediately. I had to um, like just pull over. And we talked about this about a year ago on the show. I had gotten a flat tire and was very impressed with myself with knowing and remembering how to change a tire. Uh, It's still fresh in my mind. So I pulled over, and I got to say, man, I changed this tire in like, less than 10 it was i i was like a nascar guy on the lane like it was incredible how fast i got the equipment out and jacked it up and pulled it out and put it back on and got everything going and i I was back on the road man it was unbelievable less than 10 minutes it was incredible wow that's real man yeah i right after i took a look around just did like 50 push-ups right there it was incredible And I just grunted the whole time, you know. Uh, 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 it was incredible. I I was just on fire. <laughs> I was feeling so manly. Uh, so I oh, drove. If only there was a girl there to see you do it, you know. You know, there was a homeless lady watching me the whole time. I think I impressed her. Ooh, win. Yeah, I think maybe maybe she probably t- thought you were a lesbian too. So it was a win-win. Well, that's right. Uh, my physique and the Subaru. One plus one equals two? Come on, man. Damn, this is a real woman. Look at her change of tire. Look at that ass. (laughs) So, yeah, I was observed by some, I impressed some local homeless there in the downtown area. I took a a side street route back home, and uh, Emma and I took the car right away to uh, Le Schwab. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I'm sort of uh, three quarters out the closet. I'm not sure how to uh, pronounce. <laughs> I don't
0: those know what you're talking about. Only you would manage to find a gay tire guy. I found Jeez. a French
1: tire place. Uh, <laughs> they give you a baguette with some uh, escargot as you uh, wait for your car, and some Perrier to drink. <laughs> that's right, dude. So we uh, take the car there because that's where we got the tires, and it's just down the street from our house. And we stroll in. And as we're walking up to the counter, a dude who's clearly been, you know, kind of waiting there, who was a a bit peeved, and, you know, he definitely was, you know, bothered. He he cut in front of us quickly and, you know, kind of demanded to know, like, how much longer he was going to have to wait for whatever was going on with his car there. And uh, it was a testy exchange, and, you know, the guy walked away unhappy. Then M and I rolled up, and, we you know... Kind of uh, discussed how we called earlier and got it all situated, and he asked if we'd be waiting there, and we're like, yeah, sort of. Uh, but instead of waiting there and pacing and being a bother, we uh, walked about two blocks down the street, went to a brewery, and hung there's out. There's always a bar two yes, blocks away. Yes, exactly. Like, there's always something always. to do. And we we killed an hour and a half so fast, man. I mean, we had a great time. We got some appetizers, drank some beers. There was some football on the TV. Like it was, it was a wonderful time. And they called us shockingly faster, you know what I'm saying, than they kind of estimated that we would get our uh, tire fixed. And we go back, uh, and the fella, the impatient guy who's pacing and, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of annoying still there waiting for his car of course (laughs) and and we walk in you know kind of you know feeling fresh from a couple brews you know (laughs) laughing having a good time Hey, thanks man and i was actually kind of jacked up on the idea that they filled the hole i was like how did you do it man how did you fill the hole (laughs) this is insane you did it so fast you know i was like i was so impressed where do i tip you man you know it was incredible Mm. uh so we, were, we walked down, we got in the car, and we're cruising away, and we were uh, just hooting and hollering with some laughter about the fella who's still waiting there because probably those dudes were giving him a little bit of a run for his time because he just wouldn't chill out. Maybe go grab a beer down the street and wait for them to call yeah. you instead of bugging them every 30 minutes about when your car's going to be ready.
0: Yeah. it's a great. Time. a more difficult car. No, so I. So there's I, the people that have like the hardest shit to work on that are like the most impatient.
1: Dude, you know? you're probably right, and uh, I'm sure one leads into the other. You got the technical, expensive, difficult car to work on, and you're an impatient douchebag. <laughs> dude, so.
0: Don't ever forget. So I used to have a 2001 Ford F-150. It had about 275,000 miles on it. Nice. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was a landscaping truck. Uh, I took it to this place on Mannheim to get my tire fixed. And when I'm there, this guy pulls up in like a fucking brand new Audi, right? Oh yeah. And this tire place I'm going to, it was like, you know, two Hispanic guys that were dirtier than the tires they're putting on. And they, there was just no bullshit. This wasn't like a fancy place. It's on Mannheim, you know, the heroin highway. I'm very familiar with uh, the Mannheim. Oh Yeah. Dude, the guy comes in, and you can just see them. They, they take the tire off. They take it in the back room. They're taking it off the rim, and they're just struggling. They're struggling to put it on. They put it on. They take it off again. They put it out again. They did it, like, four times, and then finally they just throw the tire back on the car. The guy, pay, <laughs> the, the guy pays them. Goes to take off. He, like, goes to the street and then just reverses back. And gets out of his car pissed off. And he just starts yelling at him, like, my sensors are going off. I'm getting all these warning lights. What are you guys doing to my fucking tire? And the guy literally just points at the sign. This is not responsible for any tire sensors. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. And all I could think is like, yeah, man. That was the funniest part, too, is after he dropped off the car, I was standing there looking at my phone, and he looked at me, and he's like, I love these guys. They always do a real good job, real quick, real cheap. Like, dude, you can't come to a cheap place
1: with a nice car. You know? No, uh, that's hilarious, actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's probably like, the guy probably had some crazy truck with special rooms. You're right.
1: You're absolutely right, man.
0: A big, thing that, a big thing that happens is when you put rims, they put those lock nuts on them. Oh, they have the special right. special grooves so you can't use a regular socket. And I can't tell you how many times those things strip out. You just you can't get them off. You end up having to fucking, like, weld the bolt onto it. Or, you know <laughs> what I mean? You, you end up doing some crazy shit just to get a you gotta hammer or a fucking regular
1: socket onto it. It's so stupid. All uh, to be cool, right? To look like a hip dude
0: yeah with your cool car yeah don't buy rims, people. keep the stock rims, keep the stock tires, you ruin the ride when you change when you put go for that low profile
1: <laughs> I know, but it looks so cool, man come on nah, it ruins the ride <laughs> uh well uh speaking in a uh speaking about being in a bad ride uh there was a very famous fella he's uh considered a brilliant genius, much like uh <laughs> y- your friend at the car shop there, another brilliant genius uh there's a guy on a bad ride. He's a brilliant genius. It ended up not being such a great uh, time. This morning, actor Jonathan Majors, best known for his roles in Creed three and Marvel movies, I paved the road. Found genius! guilty of assault and hours <laughs> later fired from the Marvel Universe. A source with direct knowledge of the decision told NBC News. A jury on Monday afternoon convicting him on two out of four charges. Assault in the third degree, a misdemeanor, and a harassment if they tried violent. to
0: fire me, I would have been like, how many girls did Thanos beat up? <laughs> I know, dude.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I mean, this, this sucks for this dude. I don't know if he actually, you know, we don't really know. You know, there's a lot of back and forth on this thing, and, uh, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, there's some body cam footage of him, and... No, know. he
0: beat the shit out of that girl. Yeah, dude.
1: you think so? I mean, I, for sure. I think they found her unconscious in his apartment.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of facts. I don't remember all of them, but I just remember reading like halfway through the article, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy's guilty."
1: Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Yeah. Well, then I, uh, you know, I don't feel bad about making fun of him for being a brilliant genius. <laughs> you shouldn't. I don't
0: feel Step bad about him. not remembering his name.
1: That's right. I put it in our notes. <laughs> I just realized. I just, oh my god. I just realized it was the wrong name. <laughs> I purposely put it in the notes as your favorite Jamal Ma- Jamal Neighbors. <laughs> and of course it's Majors. But, you know, he, he likes to beat women, so I guess, you know, it's we don't need to pronounce his name correctly, right? Nah, fuck him. All right. Well, we don't have to, I mean, that's all I got really. So he's been dropped from Marvel. Marvel now doesn't know what they're gonna do apparently I they're still writing scripts. I don't know who's still watching Marvel. Uh, I imagine it's the teens and the tweens and the young people maybe, I don't know, or just a bunch of uh, people in their 30s. Uh, but you know well, we
0: broke it down last episode, dude what you guys all went on strike for six months you had nothing to do. You come back and all the scripts are like Jurassic Park 500. Yeah. Everything is a
1: sequel or a reboot or you know, a refresh or a prequel. A prequel. Yeah, the prequel. <laughs> I can't get over the prequel. If you're doing the prequel, the franchise is dead. No, the most incredible that you nailed it the,
0: the the uh the like three the, the franchise prequel. Yeah. So it's like the first prequel that you know they're gonna do like a spin-off franchise off of this prequel. <laughs>
1: Just listen to the words you just said. Spin-off, franchise, prequel. like How about an original idea? My God, man. <laughs> how about you sit
0: down and write something?
1: I mean, no AI okay. could
0: come up with John Wick 5. Well, also... John, <laughs> John Wick, at this point, has killed every bad guy in his universe.
1: Did you not see the movie Ballerina coming out next year? It's a spin-off of a John Wick. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. It. It's it's one of It's one of the characters uh <laughs> it's a spin-off of a character from John Wick 4 uh you know that go on their own <laughs> franchise dude.
0: Oh dude, did you see what I sent you that text message about Payback the movie?
1: Yes, so Payback is the original John Wick. Dude, that's for
0: sure the original John Wick. You remember Payback, right?
1: I do. It's uh, one of Mel Gibson's finest.
0: <laughs> for those that don't know, he gets set up where him and his buddy steal 140,000, 70,000 supposed to be him. They shoot him, leave him for dead. He survives, comes back, goes against the syndicate. Yeah. Sounds familiar? Does that sound familiar? Oh, oh, man. He goes on a killing rampage through this elite circle of, of like killers and people Sound familiar? <laughs> and, like, the whole thing in the story is, I can't believe he's doing all this. I can't believe he's doing this for 70000 You know? Wow. Sound familiar? Kind of like Dog, a, the dogs. And... <laughs> you know?
1: Well, we like, can't... how many
0: times in the movie are, like, some rich guy's like, you're doing all this for 140000 My suits are worth more than $140,000. <laughs> he shoots him and goes, I'm doing it for 70. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't anybody listen? I only want my 70.
1: Wow. It's been a long time since I've seen The Ransom. Payback. Payback. Sorry. Ransom's the other Mel Gibson movie. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to look it up right now. It's almost the same cover. It's like the... exact no yeah, Ransom. I swear to God. it's. A <laughs> I can like, see the cover of the movie. That's why I was looking at it. It's like uh, Mel Gibson looking sternly at like a TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even the same year. I'm not. <laughs> dude.
0: <laughs> oh, dude! No, dude! It's literally the same cover on Payback. He's just looking slightly to the left. <laughs> no. Literally the same cover.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were right around the same time. Holy he, shit! He was doing a lot of the same stuff there for a minute. You know, he he was um he did the Lethal Weapon franchise, <laughs> then he did all these kind of uh Man on a Mission like retribution movies, you know, payback movies, and then and then he started directing his own weird flicks where he's just constantly torturing either himself or Jesus. So he kind of went on that <laughs> kick, and then unfortunately he said something about Jews, and we never saw him again.
0: <laughs> oh they're not even bringing him back for the resurrection
1: <laughs> yeah dude payback 99
0: ransom 96 wow uh, ransom yeah. 74 rotten tomatoes ransom
1: uh they take his daughter i think which is basically the liam neeson movie right so they just keep taking, yeah yeah, Ransom Taken. They're also one word. Dude, they've just been ripping us off decade after decade with remakes, man.
0: Oh, yeah, they kidnapped his son. Oh, his son. A Sorry. <laughs>
1: Do you see how the inflation worked in the '90s? By the way, in '96 the ransom was 50 Gs, and then in '99 all he wanted was 70 Gs. That's it, man. Like we were kind of Must in the same Must have been a Democrat in president. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Clinton. Yeah, that was uh, the Clinton inflation. Wow. So ransom is the sun is taken, and uh, and he goes. And... Tom prepares to pay the ransom, but the <laughs> ransom drop goes
0: awry. Oh. <laughs> Alright. <laughs>
1: Alright. <laughs> Here comes a big one. Anu. Anuwal. And Anuwal. All right. That's oh, a- Ari is So much money. Auri. So much funnier. I like Ari better actually. That's the. Because uh, it's, it's, it's
0: supposed to be like a serious, like you know. It's the East of our times.
1: <laughs> <Right now. laughs> but the ransom goes Ari. Auri. <laughs> I knew a guy named Ari. I think.
0: Are you thinking of Ari? Ari. Ari Shafir?
1: Maybe that's it. Yeah. Is that Pretty a is guy. that a comedian? Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. All right. Yeah, Ari Shafir. He's
0: all the right. one that does that whole like, comedy special about Jew uh, Juda- Judaism. He he was like going to be a rabbi. Wow. And then he like studied all that shit. It's crazy when he actually like talks about his
1: time at the, the school. That's intense stuff, man. I mean, you see those guys. Uh, these are the Hasidic fellas, right? Yeah, he was, dude, he talks about like all day you were reading, the, studying the Torah. That's intense, man. Uh, you probably start hallucinating after a while or something if you keep reading the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you're probably like dreaming about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that gets kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, either way, um, you know, I'm going to do a little segue here and uh, discuss how the fact that this coming weekend, we're heading into uh, the holidays. It's the Christmas season. Did you uh, did you get your shopping done?
0: I actually didn't do any shopping. I totally forgot Christmas was coming.
1: Beautiful. I'm glad I reminded you here. <laughs> uh, you got a little time. We did our shopping a couple days ago. We like to go to the mall and just knock out a bunch of stuff, and... Uh, It was really funny when we were rolling in We got to see a couple of mall rat fellas You remember mall rats When we were younger yeah. and they were, There's uh, no way there's still mall rats There's no more malls lot, well, We have a big mall here Uh, Down in the Broomfield uh, Lafayette Superior Region And uh, we walked in There were two mall rat fellas Ripping cigs like it was the first time They were smoking cigarettes It was pretty funny <laughs> walking past them, but uh, we did our Christmas shopping. Uh, We're getting in the spirit a little bit here. A little bit late, too, because we've been so busy. We still haven't even put up the tree. right? we got to do that this weekend before uh, the day hits. But uh, Christmas is coming, and uh, the year's uh, closing out, and for me, particularly, one of my favorite stories of this year, what I believe was a defining moment for America, was the Ozempic, oh, we go craze. I love this story. I love everything about it. I think the idea of just gorging yourself to maximum capacity and then just calling the doctor and pumping yourself with a drug to melt your insides is just the most American thing for the modern century.
0: Oh no, this is the opposite. This couldn't be more (laughs) un-American.
1: I'm talking about the modern America.
0: (laughs) These people are taking Ozempic during the holidays so they don't eat.
1: contrary mon frere not this year all right because because people learn their lesson i think with thanksgiving you know, pe- now we want to celebrate the christmas festivities
0: tis the season for holiday feasting and now some using medications like ozempic munjaro and Wigovi for weight loss say they're taking a vacation from the drugs Unpopular opinion in the semaglutide world. Julie Stoll Kelly, who lost 38 pounds, says she's forgoing the appetite-suppressing semaglutide in favor
1: of feeling less uncomfortably full and fielding fewer questions during festive meals. She skipped her dose during Thanksgiving. <laughs> questions like, uh, hey, why are you <laughs> zombified and drooling and not moving and not eating anything? Are you alive?
0: Uh, honey, maybe if you eat something, your face will stop melting. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but your face is melting. <laughs>
1: yeah. You've aged 10 years and four weeks. I think maybe we should uh, uh, start honey, eating something. you look older than your father. <laughs> uh, maybe we should lay off. Eat something. I can't get enough of the Ozempic craze, man. This is my favorite story ever what i noticed was i was still able to eat the things that i really right wanted and you know, th- this
0: uh, this pinpoints the problem with these drugs is you clearly are not learning anything i know right yes so you're gonna stop oh, i'm gonna stop doing the drugs for the holidays and then you're gonna gorge yourself
1: yes and then
0: go back on the drugs you didn't learn anything if you would have lost that weight the hard way you would have learned self-control discipline.
1: Yes, man. No, That's why I can't. Each clip that we listen to on these Wigovio, Zempic Monjerno drugs, man, I, they get better and better because it's almost as if we keep saying, you guys aren't learning the lesson. And then they're like, you know, we're getting sicker, and uh, we're not looking healthy. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, but I'm a Democrat. I I, belo- I belong in a world of no consequences. <laughs> and not only that, we worship one God on the left. Science! <laughs> um, indulge a little bit. I just had to be really conscious about how I was feeling, um, what I was eating, how fast I was eating it. For Kaylee Svensson, who lost 90 pounds on Munjaro, cutting back this time of year is a... Could you imagine just dropping 90 pounds like instantly, man? That would freak me
0: out. Not healthy, especially if you didn't do it exercising.
1: Do you know who drops like 90 pounds in the course of a few weeks? Cancer patients. People who are dying of
0: cancer. (laughs) And 600-pound people. (laughs)
1: A financial decision, a trade-off to put presents under the tree. It's something that is financially extraordinarily expensive for our family to afford because our insurance isn't covering it. Um, If I can make a box last six weeks instead of four, that will save me a couple hundred extra dollars. These sound like drug addicts stretching out their stash to last just a little bit longer.
0: I mean,
1: uh, (laughs) fucking Uh, uh, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. No, thousands. They're, they're pumping thousands, man.
0: Haley says her prescription
1: costs her more than- And now we understand why there's so many Good Morning America segments on how positive this is. This is why Weight Watchers, instead of going bankrupt, signed on to one of these drug companies and is pushing it. It's why Oprah is advertising for these companies and for these drugs now. Mm. Uh, this is a cash cow, baby. Because well, you know what this, you know why they're
0: doing this. This this is going to be Pfizer and all those companies. This is going to be what they're used to pay off all those lawsuits for the vaccine.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) They're about to be uh, attacked for those. You
1: and I have been talking about this all year, and what my theory has been with the push of these uh, intestinal liquefaction drugs. I, I think that people stop taking the booster program. And the companies know they needed people to follow through on the booster program. And how do we know that? By the way, take a look at your vaccine cards, folks. Pull those suckers out, dust them off, and take a look. How many spots did they have on there? Four spots. So four it, shots. You needed to get four shots to complete the program,
0: and that's no, why. They, now, but now they're on five. Well, I think if they you keep, got this <laughs> your,
1: if you got this uh, falls. Shot sure, you. You have five. Absolutely, but I think the continuous rollout is just to keep inoculating the kids, and they have to keep having the schools push it on the kids. Uh, you can't just kill the adults here. We got to kill the kids too, man. Mm, good right. call. You know, th- this whole uh, <clears throat> depopulation agenda is going to get real freaky when the uh, you know the teens start dropping like flies in about five years. Well, yeah. Right? Maybe? It's not
0: really affecting them yet. That's which is crazy. Well, that's it seems <clears throat> like it's, it's really that like 20 to 40,
1: you know. Yeah, so do you, but these are adults in their 40s who uh probably have some wear and tear on their bodies and their hearts and what have you. And so it's able to maybe this mRNA technology is able to exploit whatever defect is happening at that age group. And really ramp it up, whether it's a turbo cancer or uh, the heart attack or the stroke, you know, it just ignites it right away. Did
0: you see the news on turbo cancer?
1: I did not, but all I know is that I've never heard of the word turbo cancer until about within this last year.
0: There was a company that was working on a treatment for turbo cancer, which you're right. I never heard of before. I can't believe there was a company working on this problem that never existed before. <laughs> That's right. Pfizer bought them for like four times their monetary value. Oh, wow. That should scare you people. That should scare everybody. This turbo cancer that nobody ever heard of before, Pfizer decided to buy the company that has the cure or the treatments for it.
1: Because they don't want you treated. Pfizer (laughs) gives you
0: the turbo cancer and they're going to give you the treatment for it.
1: Yeah, and it's life long. What people don't realize is whether or not you die from these vaccines, and it sounds like we're coming across a lot of data that's proving everybody will who took them. uh, They're going to get you with something else, and if you don't die, you'll be injured. And then if you're injured, you're going to need to subscribe and prescribe to whatever medical programs they have for you to be healthy-ish. And you'll... Take those medications for the rest of your life. Look at these Ozempic people, man, and what they're telling everybody here. Uh, the second you stop taking this drug, you're going to gain all your weight back. And so, you know, you have to keep taking this poison. And if you start to get side effects from this uh, stuff that liquefies your intestines, don't worry. We have more medications to fix that problem.
0: Yeah, of course you're going to gain the weight back. You didn't change
1: anything, right? Well, like the, I, I keep going back and forth with this Wagovi stuff and the COVID vaccines and the idea of people just willingly injecting themselves with something they think is making them healthy. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies have really tricked everyone into this idea. And, you know, if maybe you just got one shot, right? Maybe you're the guy who got the J&J and you decided not to do any more. Um, now, maybe you're not going to die because you didn't complete the program so early, right? So you won't die in 2030, maybe. But you'll have all these other effects that you're going to just have to buy into the pharmaceutical you know, companies and get all this medicine for the rest of your life, however long that might be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, anybody who like, takes these drugs, you're just a very shallow person because you're by by taking something like Ozempic you're you're flat out saying I don't care about my health or anything. I just care what people think about how I look.
1: Oh, yeah, good call, man. It's very You know what much I mean? Cuz I always you know, thought vanity. like like everybody
0: knows everybody's got a friend who's like battled their weight their whole life, you know what I mean? And you're so proud of them and happy for them when they lose any kind of weight cuz you know they worked really hard for it and you know that You know, when you see them losing weight, they're actually getting healthier, and that's what—that's something to be proud of, something to celebrate.
1: A motto. This is not making you. Oh yeah. What's up? Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's not making anybody happy. Oh, not healthy.
0: I mean, you take this Ozempic, you got skinnier, you lost the weight. You're not healthier though, and the whole point of like. Pushing people to exercise to lose weight is not so that you lose weight and look good. That's an added bonus. But the whole point is that you're healthier. You feel better. The way these people talk about it, you hear that lady. She said, "I'm not going to take it during uh, Christmas because I don't want to be uncomfortably full all the time." <laughs> I
1: know. It.
0: That's not what the whole point of exercising and losing weight is. So that you're always uncomfortable. No, it's it's the opposite. You're supposed to exercise and lose weight so that you do feel more comfortable in your day-to-day skin, you know?
1: Yeah, well, Emma and I live by a uh, motto here in the house that uh, I think rings true, and it's funny that I've read recently, because here in Colorado, everybody loves Coach Prime. He's the coach of the CU Buffaloes, and uh, they weren't so great this year, but he's a very, you know, positive and motivational guy, and he subscribes to similar... Uh, mentality or motto, which is uh, look good, feel good, and feel good, look good, and, and it's it's very true, you know. But but the but the look but the look
0: good doesn't matter, you know what I mean. It, the, the The whole point is to be
1: healthier. That's what's really gonna make you feel better. The mentality is based on you know you have to do one for the other and vice versa. So you have to you know. You know, it's a oh, I physical yeah. and mental mentality, right? You have to look good and you have to feel good, but, you know, you got to kind of work at it, work it. You have to work at it.
0: Yeah, it just never works. It's just like when you win the lottery, you go bankrupt. <laughs> you know what I mean? You take this with and it's not, you know, the reason you went bankrupt after winning the lottery is not, it's, you weren't poor before you won the lottery because you haven't won a lottery yet. You're poor because you're bad with money. So winning the lottery doesn't fix the fact that you're bad with money. It just gives you more money to be bad with. Yeah,
1: I'm right? pr- pretty sure it's most a, lottery winners go broke, right? Isn't that kind of the general it's like the whole Yeah, because <laughs>
0: you're bad with money before you got it. If you're bad with food and then I give you Ozempic, it doesn't make you better with food. It just it just you know gives you it just gives you something to play with for a while, but your problem is still there and it's coming back.
1: Yeah, it's wild stuff, bad mentality, and it's just, uh, you know, you're hooked for life. It's a drug for life. That's what I can't get over. You're going to be paying money into the system forever when you could maybe just not pay all this money all the time for this drug that you can lose weight from, and you can just uh, eat less food, which will save you money, and then you can go run once in a while, and then you'll lose the weight.
0: Yeah, the exercise is going to make you feel better. And that's the whole thing, too. It's not the weight loss that makes you feel better. It's the actual exercise. It's the physical activity. It's the going outside, running, getting fresh air. That's what's making you feel better. Not the weight loss. Anybody who's done that long journey of weight loss, you don't even notice the weight burning off. You have to go check the scale every week just to verify it. It's such a slow burn. You know what I mean? But you, you feel so much better after two weeks, even though you only lost two pounds. You feel better just because you're getting that fresh air. You're going out there. You're, you're exercising your lungs, you
1: know? Absolutely, man. We're all about getting the quick fix these days, and I think I have a quick moment to fit this guy in here because I thought you would be interested in hearing this. We got another one, and apparently Illinois is in the book. I'm going to squeeze it. Here we go.
0: Back in the United States, New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed a bill creating a commission to consider reparations for black New Yorkers who've endured the ongoing (laughs) legacy of slavery and racism. It's the third state to launch such a task force after California and Illinois. How are any of these people still saying this shit with a fucking straight face? Come on. Somebody give Amy Goodman an Emmy for acting like this is a serious news story. That's the best acting I've seen out of Hollywood all year. Jesus Christ reparations
1: dude they're doing it man. come
0: on we'll investigate housing discrimination policing and incarceration and income inequality a recent report by the new york city controller's office found white households in the state have a median net worth almost 15 times higher than black households the commission could yeah, because they go to work <laughs> they go to work listen i live in chicago it's 30 30 30 you go into the white neighborhood at nine o'clock. You could park anywhere you want. Street's empty. Everybody's at work. Go to the black neighborhood. They're fighting you for the parking spot on the street. <laughs> Nobody's at work. They're all sitting at home complaining about how much how little money they get from the government.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this. You know they tossed in Illinois. There they said Illinois and California. The only other two that are doing the reparations, I guarantee the Mile High City, the place where people with sickle sickle cell anemia can't live, uh, will be next on the list, uh, dishing out the reparations, I promise. You
0: you know what else all those cities, you know what they have in common along with the reparation talks? They have no money. They're all going bankrupt. They all have huge deficits in their budgets. Where the fuck are you going to come up with this money? And who are you giving it to? (laughs) I don't know, so I, I, the only thing I will ever ever give any like credence to is listen, if you want to do it, you can prove your ancestor was a slave, and you can prove this company owned them.
1: Did you not hear about Speaker Hi. of the House Mike Johnson? They traced his lineage and found out that he had ancestors who owned fourteen slaves, okay, great,
0: so if you're related to those fourteen you know Mike Johnson. Put a million dollars into a trust, these 14 families get to.
1: Well, he's, take their cl- he's cut. publicly claimed that why should anybody now pay for stuff that happened 200 years ago? We're all so removed from it that there's no way that we have any relation to what occurred then.
0: I mean, I heard this guy on this, he, he was straight faced saying, I deserve to get paid for the work that my ancestors did. <laughs> what? what?
1: Who who are you? You're worse than the slave owners. Man, if they do this, we got to group in the Italians, please. Come on, cut us a check here, man. I mean, I'm only
0: going to agree to reparations if we go by dick size.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then the
0: Italians are in, you know what I'm Excuse saying? I'm getting <laughs> <at> pie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.